Welcome back into another episode of the Trib Preps Podcast. My name is Colton Bartholomew, joined today, a reporter here at the Tribune, joined today by our assistant sports editor, Todd Sommerfeld. Um, we're going to be doing a little short one today, a little slow on the prep action this week, just with mm-hmm. the, the seasons kind of in between here with winter and uh, spring, but that's going to be kind of the focus of today's podcast, wrapping up this, the winter season and then uh, kind of looking ahead a little bit to uh, spring and what we got coming up. But um, one of the big things here at the Tribune for us when the season changes over is getting our all-Tribune teams out, or I mean, it used to be called the all-area teams, all-Tribune team, whatever you want to call it, but... Um, and that's really a big process. That's really what takes up the time in between the two seasons. Kind of the there's not too much overlap between that that winter season and the f- spring here. So oh, yeah, uh, we, had, we had track meets during state basketball. That's true. So, yeah, you're right. So there's no overlap. <laughs> a little, little overlap. Yeah, true. But um, when you have this many good players and this many just accomplishments throughout a winter season, which really is the longest season, we we, yeah. we forget every year. It seems like just. We started playing basketball in late October, early November, and then it goes to mid-March when they're finally done. Yeah, that's, I mean, we're back to Thanksgiving time, and, and basketball was getting rolling. I, I still remember the Aquinas girls basketball team up in the cities and beating Dowling and De La Salle and, as kind of like the first big things that happened in, in, in the winter, and uh, now we've finally wrapped it up. Right. So what that means is in the coming weeks here, we're going to be having our All-Tribune wrestling team, All-Tribune girls basketball team, and All-Tribune boys basketball teams coming out. Um, wrestling is going to come out on March 31st in print and online. Uh, girls basketball will be April 6th, and then boys basketball on April 7th. And we did this a little bit when it was football uh, back on the uh, the high school football show in the fall. But we want to talk to you people about just the, the process that we go through when picking these teams because – it is, a, it is a process. There, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And, I mean, Todd, you've been doing this for a long time. You know all, like pretty much all the area coaches on a pretty good basis. Just what are some of the things that go into when you, you sit down and start trying to hammer out which who gets on what team and what, how the teams shake out? Well, they're, they're all a little different. Uh, the, the hardest one is, is probably wrestling uh, because you have to look at so much head-to-head stuff and and you know something could be determined at the Thomas Scramble early in the season or at Sparta Invitational uh, late in the season. Because um, what we try to do with those, we do a first team, a second team, honorable mention. Uh, you want to get the right guys in the right spots. And sometimes it's a little surprising. You see people have a great year, but you go back and look, and you know he went head to head with this guy and, and lost the match. And, and some people forget about that. So a lot of it's you know. Look, checking every corner and seeing where who be who be who when and where that kind of thing. Um, so I think last year we had one. The battle for second team came down to it was I think it was opponents winning percentage and it was by like less than one percentage point. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so it, you want to get like I said, you want to get the right people there. Basketball is a little different. Um, we do our our ten person first team and then do some honorable mention. Uh, we used to do teams of five. We changed a few years ago because um, it, it, sometimes it was easy to come up with that group of five. Sometimes it was, man, seven's as good as five. Exactly, yeah. And How do we take this person off, take that person so, off? Or? Yeah, so we've kind of taken – I mean, I kind of like the five-player teams better, but um, I, I think for the – this is kind of better the team, uh, in my opinion, and we've done that for the last few years. And, you know, it, you get all this stuff from coaches – uh, in addition to what we see 
throughout the season. You talked about it being a long season. We saw a lot of things right. happen, so so we want to use those to try and come up with these teams too. Um, but we do we do send questionnaires out to coaches and, and seek as get as much input as, as they'll give uh, for the for these teams too. Um, and and a lot of times with the wrestling, some of the coaches will will point out some of those head to head. Sometimes you're you're left hunting. Sure. Stuff. Uh, yeah, as great as track is, and all the other yeah. resources we have to keep the, the track of this stuff, it's just uh, not always on. Not everybody's records are always completely up to right. date, or they may miss one or well, two. Or that, yeah, you're you're just going through by state, saying, "All right, who do you wrestle here? Who do you wrestle here?" Sure. Um, and uh, you know, basketball wise, you, you get a chance to see the teams play against each other and see how how you know how Johnny Davis did in their games against on Alaska. How uh, you know Terrell Stutley did in those same games, uh, Lexi Donarski? How did she do for Aquinas against the top teams? That kind of thing. Um, so we're we're putting all of it together in terms of everything that we've seen and anything that the coaches are willing to to offer up to. Some offer up a lot more, and right. some some don't have much interest in in being part of it. Um, sometimes that gets reflected just because we don't have as much to go on right you know in these teams if, if someone says well you know i think this person got slighted you know maybe we didn't get much input from anybody about that player and and sometimes that tells the story if we if we have you know every coach from a conference submit something and and don't say anything about one particular player well there's something to it um sometimes like i said we get coaches that don't submit anything yeah, so we it's a little <laughs> frustrating. Left, yeah, so then we're left on our own to try and figure out. All right, where does this person belong? So, uh, but yes, very long process, but we'll get it done in the next couple of weeks. And you, you, you I think you said it well there, Todd. But just that that input from coaches because we do. You mentioned we go out we, during the busy basketball uh, games or game weeks and other things. We were probably at three to four games at minimum a week. We saw a lot of teams. So I'll try to see as many of the best players that we could see play and. I feel like it's just when we saw one person play more, it's those those gap games that we didn't get to see, that we got the stats in or whatever ends up being. But the, the coach's input, you know, let's say it's a Viroqua game that somebody from West Salem played really well or something like that. That's really where the, the coach's input in uh, getting those calls in throughout the year and then after the season, those come into play a lot because we can't be everywhere. But just the, the ability to combine what we saw and then what we were able to get input-wise is a really the two biggest factors in the, these decisions. And, and the best responses we get from coaches a lot of time are about players that aren't on their own team. Right. I mean, that that weighs in a lot more than somebody hyping up their own player. And I mean, I know you have you have to do that uh, if it's talking about a team like this or any, any, kind, any kind of award. Uh, you go to all-conference teams, you fight for your players. But if you have a coach from Team B really talking up another player from Team A, Man, that means a lot. It and, does, and especially I, when and they I play wish, each other. Yeah, and I, I wish I, I wish more coaches would would take a few minutes and and really point those kids out too. Uh, like I said, just because it, it, it means a lot coming from them. Um, so let's dive into wrestling just a touch here. When you have a, a state champion over in Minnesota, obviously he's going to be right at the top of the list, possible wrestler of the year, sure, possible sure. first teamer, all those type of things. But what are some of the factors um, that you you try to compile? When you're you're hammering out, you know some of these great records we saw all year, like forty and five, forty like forty and six, all that type of stuff. Uh, um, when you put together together those teams, well, the, I go really heavy on head to head. Makes sense. But if you when you're looking at, at a possible wrestler of the year, yeah, you're looking at who had the best season, 
um, when you have guys like Kyle Kavanaugh, undefeated state champion in Minnesota, uh, it, it's hard to overlook that in terms of what he kind of, plus he had such a great career, Caledonia, uh, three-time finalist and, you know, really did some, some great things over there, plus played football. Right. Uh, and, and obviously had a little success there with Caledonia. Um, but, you know, Kalen Yan had a great year for Holman. Uh, Julian Perney had a great year uh, for the Melman GET team. And, again, a great career. Both those guys, you're looking at great careers, multiple state appearances. Perney, two-time runner-up. Right. Uh, you know, and, and then you, you just kind of have to, to weigh how much of a challenge there was to each of them. Uh, I, I know in the past, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it as, as a staff when we get ready for the things tonight. I always say it, it, it's hard for me to, to hold anything back from undefeated state champions, whether it's a, a team or an individual. What more can you ask for? Yeah. You know, when, when we're talking coaches of the year, Carl Frichty always comes up. He was, and, and we, we try to spread that, that around, but, you know, and I know Carl doesn't care. He's <laughs> yeah. ever, he, he doesn't care he's ever coach of the year. Um, but, you know, we don't take what he does for granted. And when you look at <clears throat> a football team, going out or basketball team going undefeated and winning a championship. I mean, what more can you ask yeah. of that? You know, what that more can they do to get that good. award? Right. You know? And if they don't get it then, when are they going to get it? Right. Um, we heard it uh, from a lot of people. We had Dave Donarski was our girls basketball coach of the year last year. Uh, they undefeated, won a championship, played a great non-conference schedule. Um, we had people that thought other coaches were worthy. But again, what, you well, know, yeah, what, more, do you what, want what more can you ask? Uh, for him to go out and do. I mean, he really challenged his team. They won their games. Uh, and they went out and won state again this year. Yep. Uh, again, by challenging his team. So so he has to be in the mix when you're talking about that kind of stuff. So uh, going back to, to the wrestling, of course, Kyle Kavanaugh is probably going to be at the top of the list. But, uh, you know, you want to get more input from, from coaches. And maybe there's something, there might be a backstory with one of those other top guys that you don't know about until right. now. And maybe that does play a factor maybe you know maybe you have this guy and he had this significant injury all year and kept winning all these matches that you just don't know about wrestlers don't talk about that stuff yep, they're just get, the it's kind of just ingrained like yeah i'm probably hurt what it's, are you gonna yeah, do <laughs> like, exactly. so, so you look for things like that and just to make sure you have the right yeah the context the behind it right yeah yeah and, and you, you just want to make sure that you're giving it to the right person for the right reason right and you mentioned dinarski was switching over to girls basketball a little bit in this talent boom that we're in right now in the Cooley region with girls basketball, I mean, I do know better than I, but probably the best stretch from area-wide perspective this last four or five years of just total area talent. I don't know if it's ever been better, at least uh, not in well, my time. But talk to Dwayne Veek and Holman. He'll talk about the mid-'90s. Okay, fair enough. Because it was very good back then, too. <laughs> All right. And I think he thinks that gets slighted sometimes. But, yes, we are in a great uh, <clears throat> situation for boys and girls basketball right now, right? Uh, with all the D one talent that we have around here, and I know that's not the be all end all that they're going to D one, but I mean the, it just kind of shows you that that people are you know coaches at that level are really taking notice of what's happening here. And when you look at it from the girls side, where you have three teams make it to state, and then two of them being in the state championship game against each other for the second year in a row. Obviously, a lot of those girls are going to be represented. You all know that coming in. But, I mean, I think what's been interesting, because I've been kind of spearheading the, the girls' basketball this year, is just kind of reading, like Todd mentioned, the, the coaches' comments about other players. And when you have an opposing coach being like, you know, we couldn't guard her, or we couldn't do this against her, we couldn't get a rebound against her, that really just stands out because it's just like, hey, this isn't somebody that has any interest in, 
you know, her success outside of just, you know, being a supportive community member. It's just, you know, the honest take is that she was really great, and so that stuff really holds a lot of weight. And, and the hard thing is, and I think this this is an example that will go back to what I said about going a 10-player first team, is what do you do when you have a Melrose Mindoro and all that talent all over the floor? You know, it's game in, game out, you're not sure which is going to be the, the one. And a lot of times it isn't one that dominates. No, yeah, they it's two or three. 12 or 13 points. Yeah. Um, and, and what do you do with them? Uh, Emily Herzberg and, and Misa Bayam and Erica Simmons, uh, it, it's out now. They were all honorable mention for APL State. Lexi Donarski was, was a first-teamer for that, which means she was among the top five. Uh, Lexi Wagner was on the fourth team, puts her in the top 20. Um, but when you have a, a team, you, you don't want to slight what Melrose Mindoro did. Um, but it, you have all those kids, and, and two of them you know, are D1, one of them is D3. They're all going to play in college. Yep. Uh, that whole lineup will end up playing in college. But separating them can, can be hard, and that's where you look for you know, maybe what some other coaches who played them say, and, and they say, you know, Simmons, we couldn't, like you said, couldn't guard her, couldn't do anything with Simmons when we played her. Um, you know, buy them. We couldn't get near the basket anytime we, we wanted. You yeah, know, whenever we wanted Altered to. all the shots. Altered. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's good to, to have coaches give input, especially when you have such a, such a great cluster of players that you're trying to find a little difference in. Absolutely. So make sure you're watching out for that on April 6th. And then talking about the boys a little bit, when you have – Central and Bangor making return trips to state. They're going to be represented pretty well. But I think that when we get to the boys in a couple or in a week here, there's going to be some some strong cases made. I think that's going to be one of the tougher tens, like that 10 cutoff, where I think we, we know pretty well the, that 5-6 range of the top 5 or 6 in the area. But that 8 to 10 spots, those are going to be tough. Because I think yeah. there's going to be some honorable mentions when we get down to it that could make a case for that first team. And, and I think this might be a year where people are going to look at it and say, wow, it's really heavy or skewed toward this. Because I don't – I think we had some good players in the Cooley. Sure. Um, but it, this wasn't the, a typical year in the Cooley where it's like, boy, you got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Um, and like I said, that's that's not to say we're not going to have kids from the Cooley Conference on our team. Uh, we're going to get the right ten guys out there, you know, in terms of uh, who should we wear. Um, but, you know, with, with the MVC was, was really dominant, especially with Alaska and Central, of course, uh, with that. Uh, Caledonia had another great year, um, almost making it to, to state again. Uh, Prairie du Chien had it. Same with the girls. Prairie du Chien had yeah. a great year, boys and girls. And, and that's a team that's hard for us to see. And that's the other thing about this when you're getting this together is, is you have all the core schools. Um, we still want everybody to be involved with this. But it's kind of hard to get great reads on the Prairie du Chiens, on the Houstons, sure. teams like that. Who, if you're, if you're a team in the MVC, you're not going to say a whole lot about a Houston kid because yeah, you didn't you're see, see them. Right. If you're and if you're a Houston coach, we certainly understand you're not talking up other players because you didn't play any of them. Sure. So I, I expect the Houstons and Prairie du Chiens and you know to hype up their players and, and maybe not say as much about the others because. Um, you know, unless they saw them. I mean, if yeah, they saw them, great. Right. But there's just, you know, basketball season is busy for everybody. And yeah. You're not just going out and watching games. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you, know, as a you, coach. you might scout, you might do whatever you yeah, have to, but yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to play that team. You're not going to spend your time yeah. watching it. As a coach, it's not like, well, let's just go watch this game after practice tonight. Yeah. Uh, you got enough game nights and all that to worry about. Um, but, 
you, you know, we want everyone that, that we send out nomination forms to, to to nominate players and and tell us about your players at, at Houston and, and Prairie du Chien and, and Blair Taylor, Melrose, of course, that that kind of stuff too. Um, and, and some of them we have, like I said, some we have better grips on some the, than others. Um, but we really need coaches to help fill in some of the the blanks with the fringe stuff. Absolutely. So make sure, coaches, if you have that email from Todd, take some time with it. Take five, ten minutes. Think about you know some some of your own players and then some opposing players and send it back. But that's going to wrap it up for the show today. Uh, make sure you're looking on lacrossetribune.com. We had some good stuff kind of previewing some of the, the spring sports, the Malatech triplets over in, on Alaska track, really kind of refocus their training this winter and this offseason to uh, really hopefully have a big track season for them. Same with Jamar Davis over at Central, a sprinter, uh, really great football player we saw in the fall, but has some, some high goals here in the track season. Mm-hmm. And then Todd was over at Alaska Softball, team that's trying to go for the third straight MVC title. Um, all those stories with videos on lacrossetribune.com. Make sure you're reading the, those stories and subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube page, uh, lacrossetribune.com. Lacrosse Tribune, or lacrosse one word. Yes. On that. that's a, you'll, you'll be able to see because there's a lot more videos on one of them. But for some reason, ours is lacrosse one word. Yes. Um, and then make sure you're checking out videos that are just on the, the story pages on lacrossetribune.com. But um, for Todd Sommerfeld, I'm Colton Marthomia. That's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week. Hopefully with some more spring stuff kind of previewing that season and uh, maybe just a little bit of uh, All Tribune if we're at that point. But for Todd, I'm Colton. Thanks for listening.